no idea when Dev starts on this. Oh, me neither. Is it now? It can't be now. There's no way. Wait, it's coming up. Okay, hold on. Okay. Places. Places. The history of film. That better who you when the lights go dim. From James Cagney to, to Nosferatu and stunts that shock you. And dirty, dirty tricks to your made. From wings to Top Gun, movie stars and no ones. Romantic crazy fans that leave no real a ton. Hollywood is still from history in Hollywood. They chase the Oscar, but it's all a sham, just like Shaq and Kazam. All your dreams can come true. Film history, the history of film. All of it made for you. Good God, that was terrible. Everyone, this is Film History, the, the history, history of film. film. I'm James Y. Scott. And I'm Drake Cummings. And today we're bringing you part two of the good old James Dean, the quiet dirt's own. <laughs> he came from the dirt. <laughs> yeah. And now, <laughs> now no, he's in Hollywood. He's in Hollywood. He's in the dirt of um, Hollywood. He, yeah. came, he came from the dirt of Indiana. Mm-hmm. If you uh, if you're expecting um, a third host, uh, why don't there's there's not a third host? Yeah, Dev. Uh, we we <laughs> haven't even heard from Dev. He lost all radio radio signal. Yeah, we went to the drop location. He wasn't there, <laughs> uh, and uh, we're we're honestly a little worried. We got a letter. We received a letter written in all cutout magazine letters. Uh-huh. You know about. If you ever want to see him again, join the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which we're undecided on. Yeah, I don't, maybe we'll do it. Maybe. You know. I'll have to, I got to vet all options. Mm-hmm. But uh, but he's still on assignment, we hope, or kidnapped. Yeah. It's one of the other or both for all, <laughs> or maybe none. When I moved to LA, my family was genuinely worried that I was going to join the Illuminati. What? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, guys, I am nowhere near rich enough <laughs> to join say, the Illuminati. I could only be so lucky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, if I join the Illuminati, it's, like, as a fuckable piece of meat, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'll be a guy who's, like, a, a stool. Yeah, you're, like, a human coffee table. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'll serve hors d'oeuvres off of my ass. Like, I might not even be alive when they do it. Yeah, like, you're just taxidermied. <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> they just find me hanging next to Epstein in his cell. It's just, like, we just had to get rid of another guy, yeah, so... Stuffable piece of meat. <laughs> Speaking of fuckable pieces of meat, we're going to tell you about James Dean today. <laughs> and man, was he a fuckable piece of meat. Man, was he. My goodness gracious. He was a pretty man. He yeah. was a very pretty, well, hardly even a man. He was so young yeah. when, when the poor boy went. You know. Caught the eye of every uh, woman, man, and pastor in town. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Listen to that Tchaikovsky, reading that Shakespeare. So to be honest, part two. I'm not even going to get into a lot of his movie stardom still. Oh, not wow, yet, okay. Not yet. There was more to say. Wow. There was more to say. Part one, and don't worry, part three, I'm going to wrap it all in a nice bow. It's going to be his huge movie star career mm, yeah. and his death. Well, he only did like four movies, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, it's and the death was pretty quick as well, you know? Right, yeah. So that can be wrapped yeah. up in one episode. The car was fast. The car was very fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually some speculation around that. Oh, I can't wait to get into ooh, that. Yeah. Interesting. Apparently, some people say he was not speeding. Whoa. But 
I, I, do, I, do, I do I detect a, a, a conspiracy of yeah, murder? Yeah, I found this on NordVPN, by the way. Conspiracy. <laughs> a conspiracy of murder. Of murder. It was a sniper. It was JFK's sniper. <laughs> some of the grassy knoll on the highway. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just taking him out. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of Radio Man. Oh, Radio Man's going to oh, come man. in here. Come Welcome, on. sir. Come on in, Radio Man. What do you think? It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute here. <laughs> I'll do my. <laughs> I'm gonna do my due diligence here on uh, on your podcast because this is what I do. You don't know where I am when I'm not here, but neither do I. <laughs> Last we left our hero, James Byron Dean was born in 1931 in an Indiana apartment to Winton and Mildred Dean. His father was a farmer and had a very little to do with Jimmy, possibly due to young Jimmy's rampant ADHD that he clearly had. Due to the Dust Bowl and his new worthless child, Winton left the farm life behind and moved his family out west to California to be a dentist and ignore his family, because you could just do that in the 1930s. Luckily, Jimmy had his mother, Mildred, to love him. That is, until she died. (laughs) After his mother died, Jimmy's father had no use for him anymore, so he was moved to a farm with his religious aunt and uncle in Indiana, where he'd spend his days staring out at a quiet dirt. Luckily for Jimmy, there was a nearby church to go to, where he could be part of something. That is, until he was molested by the cool young hot priest. After all that, he moved back to Los Angeles, where he began acting at UCLA. And that's where we'll take you today. Ah, the 1930s. We loved living in that time. If, if I was actually of any specific time in history, it would probably be that one. But I am merely a fictitious fabrication of your mind, designed to further immersion into a modern-day bastardization of radio, where some handsome men tell you about Waterworld. See you next time. Bye, Radio Bye, Man. Man. Thank you. Thank you for your hard work. He got really existential yeah. on that one, didn't he? Yeah. He's, it's it's a hard job. It's it'll, hard, man. It'll get to you over, yeah. over time. You, you can't become self-aware. Yeah, you no. Know? You can't realize what like your prime objective is yeah. as the Radio Man. Yeah. Or it'll go nuts. Just, yeah, yeah. Just, his whole reality will fall apart from underneath <laughs> him. Yeah. The Radio Man needs the metaverse. Yeah, yeah, For sure. Yeah. It's understandable, though. He's also keeping on brand with today mm-hmm. because uh, you talk about an existential dude, man. This old James Dean, uh, the more I go, the more I, the more I peel this onion, mm-hmm. uh, the more it's blooming. Good. God. Good. <laughs> I just came up with that. So, <laughs> really what I'm doing here with part two, I have a lot of punch-ups to make to episode one, part one. I've got a lot of stuff to kind of revisit real quick. Um, this will be a big chunk, though. I just, there are things that, you know, upon further research, I thought maybe this will be worth bringing back up. You know what I mean? Um, and if not, we can just cut it off. But, <laughs> but I wanted to add a detail to Winton and Mildred Marie, James's parents, well, when they were married, by the way, Mildred was 17 years old and Winton was 22. So, 
Okay. It kind of explains a little bit more, you know, if I had a kid at 22, I'd be doing like cocaine off of it or something. Sure. Yeah. So easy to hate that kid. Yeah. You know, Um, he is very young for sure. And like, you're the reason all my dreams ever came true. Yeah. And I think the story was more like, I'm a 22 year old kid trying to be a farmer. And now this kid's here with my 17 year old wife. Mm -hmm. And not only that, then she dies, mm-hmm. and now I've got this kid. And then, on top of all that shit, he was—he knew he was going to get drafted to World War II. He was uh, about to be drafted, actually. So, uh, mm. Ortense and... Uh, the, the Quakers. The Quakers on the farm, they suggested send him up here. Ah. Because you got to go to war. You right. know, what's he going to do? He's going to be in L.A. as like an orphan, basically. Right, yeah. You know? So send so, him over here. Send him over. we got some quiet dirt he can stare at. <laughs> Yeah, we'll make sure he does not have any fun here. Don't worry. <laughs> He'll have as much fun here as you do in World War II. <laughs> we promise you'll be miserable. Yeah, you can trust us of that. Trust us. We're Quakers. We will punish him for existing. Yeah, we'll meet him. We'll introduce him to this cool pastor in town. He's going to take real good care of little Jimmy, you know. And uh, <laughs> He's great with the Naughty Boys. He is, he is the king of the Naughty Boys. The government just made him that, so... <laughs> <laughs> that still doesn't excuse his absence, you know. Right? Yeah, no, yeah. But that that does give you a little bit more of a little like, context. Uh, a little context. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I let up on him a little bit through more research. Yeah. Like, okay. okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable, I guess. It's a hard. It's a hard time to be a twenty-year-old dad. <laughs> yeah. Although I assume it was a lot more common back then. Yeah. I mean, I I think that was like the going. That was like what you did. Because you die at twenty-three. Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. It's like you're an old man by that. Uh, yeah. Your back's already thrown out from all the farm work you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Your sperm's all dried up for being out in the sun all day. You know. It's time for you to go. I suppose the war even took an old hag like him. I know, man. You know, yeah, the, he the war, was. The war he, needs fresh blood, not not this old crusty blood. He was out there with like a, a cane to walk with. Yeah. and shit, you know, <laughs> they were using him as a as a step stool or whatever. Yeah, yeah human yeah, coffee yeah, table. Yeah. Coffee table. Um, but I also, on top of that, I want to tell you a little bit more about his time at UCLA because some very interesting details came out of his college years. Uh, that I wish I had talked about in part one, but I didn't, so here we are. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, he's at UCLA, uh, and he's in the acting program. So at the time, he started taking acting classes from a guy named James Whitmore. And this guy, at the time, he at the time he was this like up-and-coming movie star. He'd been working for like two or three years in New York. He's being cast in everything, James Whitmore. And he's becoming this big-time actor, so much so, like, later on in the 50s, he would win Oscars and Golden Globes. He was this huge movie star later on. But when he was just kind of up and coming, James Dean was taking acting classes from him at UCLA. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I didn't, I don't know why I didn't think this was important, you know. But at the time, also, he joined a frat. While at UCLA. Interesting. Doesn't yeah. seem the type. He does not. And I even... That's exactly what I thought. I was like, why would this man join a fraternity? This, like, oh, quiet poetry fuck. guy. Uh, yeah. To, to, fuck to, his, fuck. to fuck his his brothers. For sure. Yeah. And at the time, he has glasses, braces. And braces Whoa. at this time oh, are, like, like massive. massive. They're made of, like, more steel than a car, yeah. you know, in your mouth. And he's like walking around. He's like the big nerd, you know. And they let him join a frat? Yeah. He's like this theater nerd with glasses and braces. And he joined this frat, basically. 
And uh, I know, I know, I know. Man. Some of them were, the frats back then were a little bit, they were as douchey, but they yeah. were also like still kind of like valued uh, intelligence. Yeah. You know? it okay. Was, yeah. Interesting. It was a yeah, different beast like back status then. thing kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. They were extremely racist, you know, mm. and homophobic and misogynist yeah. and all well, that. Well, that's, that's, that's what I'm actually wondering about, though, because we just we established part one that he was probably bi. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times... Uh, fraternities are way more gay than they let on, and it's kind of also just like a good shield for you know a bunch of guys living in a house. Hey, yep. You don't gotta sneak into someone's window. You know, yep. you just gotta knock on the door. Yep. So I'm thinking maybe it was more of like a uh, I can we meet want, some boys here. Yeah, we want to bang <laughs> you, but like yeah. you know. Well, let's make this not conspicuous. Well, it's very interesting. You should bring that up. <laughs> So, so he's in this frat at UCLA, and uh, like I mentioned in episode one, he's doing Macbeth. He got cast mm-hmm. in Macbeth. He's taking classes from James Whitmore. He's taking it all very seriously. Gets cast in Macbeth at UCLA. And uh, one of his frat bros came to one of his Macbeth shows, one of the mm-hmm. plays, and he was like, hey, man, you're an actor. I'm doing background for a Pepsi commercial like tomorrow. You should come be background on this thing. And so James Dean went with him to do this Pepsi commercial. And it's funny. You can actually look this up on YouTube. Just look up James Dean Pepsi commercial. And it's hard to even spot him in this commercial. Mm-hmm. It was literally, he was a guy putting change in a jukebox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you, you know. You're almost never visible as an extra. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like, out of focus and shit. Yeah, but this was a big thing, this Pepsi commercial. Mm-hmm. And I'll get back to it in a bit. But first, okay. I want to tell you about... James Dean's close friend <laughs> while in UCLA <laughs> drama department. This guy's name was William Bast, okay. B-A-S-T, who later on, he became a big screenwriter, actually, okay. uh, and a author. He wrote a lot of novels. One book that he wrote was about himself, and uh, he talks about how he and old Jimmy Dean were in college going to UCLA doing the thing. James has big braces and glasses and everything. And they were roommates. They shared an apartment in Santa Monica. (laughs) See where this is going? Mm -hmm. They shared this apartment in Santa Monica, and basically, they'd have girls come back to the apartment, and it was like, let's all just bang each other. (laughs) I'll bang you, you bang me, you bang her, I'll bang James, James will bang me. Crazy four ways. Four ways orgies. Like this little nerd in in college was like, you know. Okay. So much to the point where he and William Bass kind of developed, like they were, they started fucking without anybody being there. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, all right, honey, time for you girls to go. The the boys need to fuck, you know. Uh, (laughs) Clear out. Time for the boys to bang. It's time for a quiet dirt time. Time for quiet dirt. I call them quiet dirt in bed. <laughs> what a it's a very it's a convenient yeah. situation. You yeah. Know? I mean, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It's, you're already living here. Yeah. <laughs> we have fun with these girls, but when they leave, we whip them back out. You know, get some more use out of them. But uh <laughs> it's like you know, you're you're already here. You're already yeah. here. You're here, I'm here. We're here. We're here. Get used to it. <laughs> 
Oh, man. If I could have been a fly on the wall. And they did get used to it. And they did. They did. <laughs> they got very used they to it. They got very used to uh, it. Was he also in the fraternity? No. This oh, okay. guy was not at all. William Bast was okay. definitely not a frat boy. He was like okay. the the writer, you know? Okay, interesting. And, uh, but a, thing, a big so thing. Like banging those frat boys? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. those be, frat boys? He <laughs> better not be bringing anything home from the frat boys. <laughs> I want to clean, I want to clean, quiet dirt. <laughs> Some clean dirt. <laughs> clean dirt. Don't bring any don't bring any quiet dirt back here, son. <laughs> Cause I can hear it. But uh, but a big and a big to do happened around this whole thing. So of course, one day James is hanging out with his his frat buddies, you know, the one that he joined for some reason. And uh of course one of them had caught wind of this whole thing that's happening at their house in Santa Monica. And they're like, Wow, like we heard you fuck your roommate, you know, and mm. that's real gay. Like, <laughs> we don't love that. <laughs> no, uh, don't, don't forget the uh, the 12 o'clock paddling for the pledges. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everybody pull their pants down, but don't be gay about it. <laughs> yeah, fuck that, fuck that new pledge over there, but in a straight way. <laughs> but don't enjoy it, damn it. Yeah, you can't, if, you, if you enjoy it, you're gay. <laughs> We're not gay. You're looking at my wiener. You know? <laughs> you're the gay one. You're not gay unless you push back. Exactly. <laughs> guy got hard. How gay is that? But uh, so, so, <laughs> so one of them, yeah, one of these fucking frat douches, he, he, he just like lets it fly some really homophobic shit about William Bast. He basically said, you know, your roommates with the F word is not what I'm guessing and probably some more shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jimmy knocked his ass out, just like cold clocked him, knocked him out. And all the frat guys were like, you got to leave. <laughs> like, you got to get out of here. We're straight. You know, <laughs> we don't fuck. You're gay. Get out of here. Even then, then they like go upstairs and swiftly start fucking each other. Yeah. They're like, you're cheating on us with that roommate of yours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't want you bringing nothing to here either. You know, Yeah. <laughs> bring that quiet dirt. I'll bring here. that quiet dirt around here. He's going home. He's like, don't bring that quiet dirt. Then he goes to the frat and they're like, don't bring that quiet dirt. <laughs> like, hey, uh, if, uh, uh, if it gets out that you're fucking your roommate, they're going to yeah. know that we're also fucking you. Exactly, exactly. Then, you're playing it too fast and loose, man, just like all of our anuses after living in this frat house. We're supposed to be keeping the secret. You're <laughs> taking a secret out to the streets. That's what we're all about here at Frats, the secret shit, you know? <laughs> Dude, oh my God, man. Where's Deb, damn it? Where's Deb? We Where need Deb. You? Where are you? Oh, I'm so sorry. Because we need Deb, man. I need Deb to tell us about, you remember if I get like, like about gay orgies within the within the organizations, and you know they get dirt on each other by like making them do gay shit and stuff. What are you yeah, talking that's, about? That's, that's some Alex Jones shit. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the the Bohemian Grove yeah, thing. Bohemian Grove thing. Yeah, 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 the Bohemian Grove thing. Don't get me wrong, I think it's awesome. Yeah, you know, but these guys, they didn't think it was awesome for anyone to know about it. It was a very unfortunate thing to happen. It really fucked up his head a lot, you know. Oh, this whole altercation. The whole altercation. I mean, it was traumatic. Mm, And plus, he was already, you know, uh, pretty on the edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Like I said, I mean, it'll come up a little bit more later, but James Dean was, I'll tell you this way. Later on, when we talk about him being a movie star, I'll tell you a small story, but I'll give you the gist of it here. Marlon Brando pulled him aside once at a party 
and said, like, man, you need therapy. Like, dude. Like, wow, in the 30s. In the th- in, or well, this 40s. was in the 50s that, okay. he, that this happened. But also, like, Marlon Brando yeah. is, was insane. Like, <laughs> would literally, like, you know, he was nuts. Oh, so, really? like, for this guy to tell someone you need help was a big deal, you know? <laughs> oh, crazy. I can't wait to do the, the Brando episode. I, oh, then. man, yeah. that'll be, that's within the next three people that I'm going to profile. Okay, cool. Like I said, I'm giving the 101 here. Cool. I wanted, I, it's James Dean, Marlon Brando, Marilyn Monroe. We're gonna. We're about to really start getting into yeah. all this. Brandley you know? Marlowe. Yeah, exactly, man. Things were not great at the house, at the Santa Monica house, after mm-hmm. this. Like, Bast said no one could talk to him for, like, months. And, like, it was this, like, fucking the quietest of quiet dirt. I see. Where he was in his room and, you know, wouldn't come out and he wouldn't talk to anyone. And it was just, like, he would go into... He would shut it off. You do know? you think that? Do you think that this has partly to do with maybe this is the first time he's also kind of reflecting on what the preacher did to him? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and you know, this is a big thing. I mean, unfortunately, it's a big thing now, of course. But in the fifties, like uh, being gay, you were so deeply ashamed of it. Mm. You know, even the guy who fucking molested him was probably telling him that being gay was uh, the dirtiest, filthiest sin mm. that you could do, you know? Yeah. And, like, this is the guy who's fucking touching him. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it has always, I mean, it, it, since God knows how long, since the fucking Dark Ages made this a whole thing, people have struggled with, like, but if I'm gay, my religion tells me that's bad. Right. Like, I'm bad. Yeah, you know? right. And so... This altercation was, he was defending his roommate, William mm-hmm. Bass, and his lover at the mm-hmm. time, but also, I would imagine it was definitely a thing of like, uh, are they right? Yeah. Are they yeah, right yeah. about he's, me? He's questioning himself. Yeah. yeah. Like, am I some sort of monster? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's so fucked, man. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's so it's, fucked. It's so damaging. Yeah. It's terrible. Um, for, for no reason. No. Damaging for no reason. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but, uh, like we said, those frat guys were definitely fucking each other, at least yeah. a few of them. Oh, yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, usually how it goes. The most homophobic person... Is probably probably because gay. They're gay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they've been there's. It's such repressed homophobia that they're just like it's so ingrained in them that if they admit that they're gay, then they're gonna hate themselves. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's all it's all fucked it's all, for no reason. <laughs> for no reason. It's fucked for no reason. <laughs> That's what the episode is called. <laughs> fucked for no reason. <laughs> I don't think we can add that to the title. Yeah, of Spotify, maybe not. But <laughs> we'll, um, we'll do the asterisk. <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah. So but. He was still, like, going to class, you know? He was still going to class. He was still going to acting class. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine what his acting class was like after mm-hmm. this, you know? It was just super dark monologues. Yeah, dude. Just, um. like, he's just crying in every class, you know, for sure. He's definitely perfecting his uh, his tears right now, for sure. But this was sort of a thing that he would do throughout his whole life. He would go into really deep, dark ones, you know, just like... Um, like I said, I mean, don't even talk to the guy. It was like Howard Hughes style, like in the mm. theater with the milk, you know? Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Shit. Can't wait to do that episode. <laughs> wow. Crazy, yeah. Yeah. So he starts to kind of come out of this a little bit, I guess. Um, he started dating this actress with CBS, actually, while he was in college, by the Whoa. way. Fucking. He's coming out of this the, depression the, hard. Do the, the braces yeah. come off yet? No, yeah, the braces are off. He okay. actually. That, 
whole fucked up story. I think he had like a friend help him remove his braces and shit. Before the doctor said you should do that? Probably. Yeah. Even though like, his dad's down the street being a dentist. Oh, yeah. That's He's, right. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> I got these braces on my teeth. His dad's like, that sounds like a you problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And? <laughs> i like him to get off. Well, <laughs> you know, Lowe's is down the street. You can buy some pliers. Don't you have any friends? <laughs> Can't you get one of your 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 theater theater buddies? <laughs> Can you get one of your butt buddies over there? Yeah, get hey, these things off of you. Yeah, you dating your roommate? Ask him. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you'd become a lawyer, you could afford to get your braces off. You know, but you decided to be an actor. Yeah, you never gonna do nothing. Want to be a dandy boy? Yeah, he <laughs> wanted to be a little dandy theater boy. <laughs> Just like throwing <laughs> bottles at him the whole time. <laughs> So he starts dating Beverly Willis, this actress with CBS. Uh, sorry, Beverly Wills. And Bast also starts dating this girl, a classmate named Jeanette Lewis. And they were basically doing like, uh, okay, you take Jeanette out tonight, and I'll take Beverly out. And then... So they're like swapping they're dates? They're like swapping dates. So they're still being they're still being kinky about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean... I'm sure at this point they had started like showing it to each other again at least. You know, I mean, he's coming out of this deep dark thing. Yeah, he's like, all right, I'm ready to pull it back out. The braces are off and so are the pants. Yeah, baby, Gorbachev, <laughs> tear down these pants. He was born the same year as James Dean. And, uh, <laughs> and they'd always like swap around, but uh, Wills and Dean, Beverly Wills and James Dean started to get really close. And she actually, she, a, another person in the story that would go on to do a lot of television, you know, she would, in her own right, became. Cool. How did he meet her? He met her because he was working the gate at CBS. Oh. And he was networking. He's 20 years old. Cool. At UCLA in the theater department. Uh, and he started working the gate and he was networking all the while. He met actresses, actors. Uh, he met this one guy at the gate that we'll talk about a little bit later, who is also a whole can of worms. But uh, he met a lot of people at this fucking gate. But they started kind of really getting heavy, James Dean and Beverly Wells. And basically, he had to. they told his roommate, Bass, to like, I'm sorry, you know, no more quiet dirt. Like, no, we got to be together. Yeah, yeah no, no more no more kinky swaps. No more kinky swaps. Yeah. Like, this is getting serious, you know. Okay. And I think everybody was cool with it. Yeah, I think yeah, Bass yeah, and yeah. Jeanette were doing their own mm-hmm. thing. So free love. Yeah, man. they're like, the dirt's got to get loud at some point. <laughs> it's got to be quiet. Loud. Can't be quiet dirt forever. <laughs> it's so free love, though, man. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's cool. The yeah. 50s were an interesting time. I mean, the most, re- we on, I would yeah. say, the most rebellious teenagers. Maybe in history. I mean, the hippie movement did happen in the you know, 60s. late 60s and early yeah. 70s. But this, as far as like, just, uh, I mean, Rebel Without a Cause was coming yeah. out for a reason. Like, yeah. these kids were going fucking nuts. Yeah, you it was know? like a stricter time. Yeah. So, yeah. Their dad was in World War II and very religious, like, most mm-hmm. of the time. You know, yeah. most teenagers in America during this time mm-hmm. were, they were kids when their dad was in war, and their dad came back and was like, things are going to be real fucking different around here. Yeah, you know? was, yeah there's never a time where their parents were pleasant. Exactly. No, yeah. <laughs> and and... and those World War II guys, it was like you kind of have to cut them some slack. Yeah, who I mean, could blame four them? Four years of yeah. just murder. I'd every be very day. unpleasant if I was a DA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> four hours of sleep a night, and every day you're fucking, you know, in the mud shooting yeah. people. You yeah, know, yeah. And like, now you want to be a dandy boy actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
It's like, I don't even, I don't even know who I am. They I want to be one of the moving picture people. <laughs> just flipping tables over. Get yeah. down. Yeah. He's just got explosions in the back of his head. <laughs> while his son's like, I want to do theater. <laughs> He's like, get out of here before I flip this table. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no one had a good time. No, 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 no. No one had a good time until the 60s. That was the first time anyone had fun. Yeah, in, exactly. In, this, in all of human history, yeah. no one had fun until 1960. <laughs> but I really do, man. I think like Teenage Rebellion in the 50s was sort of like what modeled Teenage Rebellion from yeah. that point forward. You know, like For sure, yeah. sneaking out at night. Yeah, and it was, it was still a loose enough time where there wasn't really laws the way we think of laws now. Absolutely um, So you kind of just do whatever the fuck you wanted. Like, there was no DUI. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> yeah. There was a DUI, but it was a fine. It yeah. was like a speeding ticket. Yeah, it was like a it was like a suggestion. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, please don't do this. <laughs> I suggest yeah, that you be yeah. a little slightly more sober. Yeah, if you were 16 years old with a car full of high schoolers mm-hmm. and you're all hammered and you're driving around with a bottle of liquor, mm-hmm. worst thing that could happen to you, well, for one, is death, which usually <laughs> did. I mean, those cars were also like lap belts, no airbags. That's, yeah, that's true. And very fast. Like, you know, yeah. the biggest engines we had in fucking history basically in american cars but if you got pulled over by that police they would give everyone a fine it was like here you are you're drunk driving that's a fine and all of you underage drinking here's like a 25 dollar fine you know and it's like oh i swear i won't do it again and then uh, yeah it was just the it, officer's drunk when he writes you this thing exactly yeah yeah he absolutely um, was by the way yeah, absolutely yeah. yeah so i mean it, it might not have been the worst time to be a teenager. Yeah. It seems kind of fun. Oh, no, fun. it was probably fun. It yeah. was also dangerous as fuck to be a teenager, though. What like, do you mean? You legitimately were killing each other. Like, these guys, mm. these sw- this is Switchblade yeah. times, Yeah, and they're, they're, they're playing chicken and stuff. Dude, yeah. yes. Yeah. And the Switchblade times are not a time that I want to be in. Like, <laughs> guns are bad, <laughs> for sure. The Switchblade <laughs> times were bad, dude. Like, these kids were stabbing each other. Like wantonly, oh it was my just God. like if we had beef, like switchblades are coming out. Wow! And it was like fuck, man. Like I don't want to get stabbed. Yeah. And I know? also want to preface all all of this is uh, fun, and there are no laws if you're white. That's yes, uh, yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah, very <laughs> there very are, different. There are a black. lot of laws if oh, you're black. Yeah, yeah, yeah there are in fact like more laws, more laws than, uh, than anyone had. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, like you, walking down the street was yeah, a little bit illegal. Yeah. So you either have every law that's ever existed, yeah, or yeah. No laws whatsoever. <laughs> Driving a car was like almost illegal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's uh, kids stabbing each other is like ah, teenagers will be teens. <laughs> Those white kids. <laughs> Those. Wait, so our switchblades are illegal still, right? Yeah, they're illegal now because of these times. And <laughs> because of the switchblade time. And we have done nothing about guns. No, no, it's no. It's so no. funny to me. They're like, switchblades, those are becoming a problem. Illegal. You have a right to have a gun, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would argue that the right to bear arms extends to switchblades. Uh, yeah, you know, it is an I would arm. take this to Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah. I would get yeah, yeah. switchblades re legalized. <laughs> legalized switchblades. <laughs> Hashtag legalized switchblades. <laughs> We need the switchblade times back. <laughs> to be fair, there'd be a lot less deaths, but it would be, you know, back in these days, it was mostly just teenagers killing each other with those. Solve things. all our problems with switchblades. <laughs> I'm a pro switchblade candidate. Elect me for more switchblades. Legalize switchblades. <laughs> Make the switch. <laughs> Make the switch. Legalize switchblades. That's <laughs> the slogan. Make the switch. <laughs> anyway. So what James Dean so do? James Dean, he was dating Beverly Wills until he wasn't. Um, they were at a dance. 
Uh, a sock hop, by the way. Mm. I'll tell you a little bit about those. They were at a dance, and uh, she started dancing with another dude one night, and he went fucking ballistic, mm. throwing chairs like nuts out. Mm. And uh, she said, uh, yeah, yeah, well, let's not talk anymore. Yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's take a little breather here. Let's take some quiet. Let's put some quiet dirt between us. Especially because back then... Dancing means that you're two feet in front of each other, va- yeah. vaguely moving. Yeah, just like, Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, like, there's no physical touch involved in this, in this dancing. A lot of shoulders. Yeah, a lot of hips. Yeah, he's like, of, uh, how dare you stand two feet away from another man and move vaguely in front of him? Looks across the bar at a guy, and they're dancing like at each other, thirty feet away. And he just starts throwing bottles at people, throwing chairs, throwing punches. He's like, where's my switchblade? <laughs> and at this point, he gets real deep into these acting classes. Okay. And I'm going to tell you about what I mean by that. All right. So James Whitmore, the guy who's teaching these classes, you see, he, you know, he came from New York, you mm-hmm. know. He was down. He was down in the UCLA training. He's this big New York guy, where they were teaching all that old commie method stuff. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <clears throat> you remember we were talking about this. Mm-hmm, we talked about yeah. this on Steve McQueen, yeah. and we will talk about this ad nauseum for a while because Marlon Brando, all of these people at this and in the 50s, this Russian method had come over, and everybody was really into it. Um, more specifically for James Dean. And uh, his his coach James Whitmore. This was Konstantin Stanislavski. <laughs> Stanislavski. A lot of S's. Basically, this system, the Stanislavski system, mm-hmm. was to use your memories to like bolster your performance. Oh no, that's a bad idea. Bad for idea. Him. That's a real bad idea. bad idea for James Dean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. don't yeah. don't do that. Don't yeah. don't ever think about anything that's happened to you in the past. <laughs> if he had a therapist, his therapist would have been like. Please stop doing this. <laughs> don't like, remember. Don't do this. Don't remember. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you should take up drinking. You, know? like, you should take up memory zap for sure. <laughs> memory zap. <laughs> New memory zap. Made of 180 proof alcohol. <laughs> but I'll give you a brief description of this system. And like I said, I, I, just to like recap a little bit, because I know I've gone off the rails this episode. Mm-hmm. He's in UCLA, gets kicked out of his frat for having a big fight with a guy for calling him uh, a lot of homophobic slurs mm-hmm. because he was in love with his roommate. Mm-hmm. Talks shit about his roommate. He goes mm-hmm. into a deep, dark depression, comes out of it, starts dating this actress from CBS that he met at the lot. And uh, then she dances with another guy, throws chairs, goes nuts. He's kind of in, he's in a bad place, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I get, I feel safe saying mm-hmm. that that he's mm-hmm. not in the best headspace. Yeah, and I think he poured all of himself into this system that was being taught in his mm-hmm. acting class. And I want to kind of tell you a little bit about what this was all about. Okay, the system cultivates what Stanislavski calls the art of experiencing, to which he contrasts the art of representation. It mobilizes the actor's conscious thought and will in order to activate other, less controllable psychological processes like emotional experience and subconscious behavior, sympathetically and indirectly. In rehearsal, the actor searches for inner motives to justify action and the definition of what the character seeks to achieve at any given moment, a task. Later, Stanislavski further elaborated the system with a more physically grounded rehearsal process known as the method of physical action. Minimizing at the table discussions 
He now encouraged an active analysis in which the sequence of dramatic situations are improvised. The best analysis of a play, Stanislavski argued, is to take action in the given circumstances. <laughs> so, that's just a little description of it, of okay. the system here. You know, okay. that was what he was really getting into. Okay. And like I said, I put it, I put it way easier earlier. Re- remember all the bad. And then okay. you'll act good. Cool. <laughs> cool. Bad memory. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a complicated, wordy way do of saying... I don't sing- do it. Oh, really? It doesn't work for me either. Interesting. I could I could think of all of my dead relatives if I'm trying to do a sad scene, mm-hmm. but it's also... It's going to come out differently. Interesting. And, you know, it's like it's going to come out a little bit... I I grieve in a different yeah. manner than you probably want my character to do. You know? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I, I feel like the, the general thesis is if you need to feel something, you've you've already felt it in real life. Just remember what right. it's like to feel that, whether yeah. it's happiness or sadness or but whatever it is. But automatically. Interesting. You know, I mean, yeah. if, if you're acting a scene and it is very mm-hmm. like uh, similar to something that's happened to you mm-hmm. in your real life, mm-hmm. I think just by instinct, you're going to... Snap into it? Yeah. I yeah, don't know. I, I don't mean, know. look, everybody's got different methods too. This it's is like so talking much, about, yeah. yeah, everybody's got different methods. And if you so do this, it's kind of just like a pretentious way to word something that people just do already. Exactly. You know That's what I, mean? what I think too. Yeah. yeah, it's like getting too heavy into something that yeah. is just automatic. Yeah. But also, I mean, at the time, I could it changed acting. Yeah. You know, it changed acting for a long, long time. I mean, people really don't do method anymore yeah. that much these days. And if you're gonna do method, I feel like it's more of like you know you can draw from your own experiences, but aren't you also like trying to put yourself in the character's position and yeah. draw from what exactly. the character's experience should be? Exactly. So it's like you know you have to imagine that it's not your dog that died, but it's you know uh, this character who lost a rabbit when he was younger, and yeah. that's like a different. A different emotional tone than like, you specifically. Still sympathize with it. Yeah. Yeah. But, and if you, know. you can like actually sympathize with the character, you can make stakes as high as yeah. you know, compared to Yeah. yeah. I mean it's I feel like people still do method sometimes. Yeah, oh no, on the for actor. sure. There's yeah. definitely I mean there's some big method out there. Like uh yeah. Gary Oldman's very method. Mm-hmm. Daniel Day Lewis, of course, we talk about is right. like the king of modern day method. Yeah. You know? Uh, I mean, um, Anthony Hopkins is very yeah. like method. A lot of Val Kilmer Christian was Bale. like a giant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely a lot, but uh, those guys are also, you know, I mean, I'm talking the newer generation, mm-hmm. I guess. Like the the younger guys right now mm-hmm. are definitely not doing a lot of method. You know, I don't think. I, yeah, I could yeah. be wrong. I could be wrong. I'm also biased because I have my own method. <laughs> <laughs> I think you remember I told you about that too. That was a big war when I first got out here. It was yeah, like, yeah, what yeah. method are you, man? Right, we all pull yeah. out switchblades, right? Yeah, and start stabbing each other. Yeah, we're like, I, I, I guess like now people aren't so concerned with the label you put on it. Yeah, exactly. It's just like I just act the way I act. Dude. Yeah, basically these days they're like, just please show up on time. <laughs> just, and if we could do this in like four or five takes, and you know, not spend mm-hmm. too much money, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care how you got here or what you did or what school you went to. <laughs> or how many switchblades are in your pocket Yeah, right how now. many switchblades are in your pocket. I don't care about any of that. Just please show up on time and go to the makeup trailer when we ask you to. You're just that good. And don't try to rewrite the script when you get to set. Please. Right, yeah. Because that, we don't like that either. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, uh, you're good. All right, we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like ten years of method acting leads up to that. You know, like thank you for being on time. Thank you for doing the bare minimum. Yeah. 
So, anyway, back to the cat. Method Boy over there was so busy getting the character that he was five hours late to set. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you're doing great. It's like, I know your character would be five hours late. The guy, the heroin addict that you're playing probably wouldn't be on time. But you, we're asking you to please be on time. You know, it's like, I just... The uh, man and, behind and, the method. And if you could actually not be on heroin when you show up, <laughs> that would also be good. You know, if you could act like you're doing heroin. Yeah, it's called acting. It's called acting. Not, not doing. Not doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to find an actor who's never gone to school to do this now. You know, like, <laughs> I think that's where it's at now. I really do. I really do. It's like the more of a pain in the ass this becomes, you know. The more I'm just going to get a guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're that's, just going to get another guy. I mean, that's basically what they did in Euphoria. They basically just hired people off the street. Yes. And that's working out great for yes, them. Yes, it's working out great for them. Because <laughs> they don't show up to set and ask anything about the script, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> they're not actually all doing drugs. Uh, at least yeah. three of them had never acted before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, thank God. <laughs> Big sigh of relief on oh, this one. That's crazy. Oh, if you've never acted before, there's a good shot you can get on Euphoria. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. They're looking. Just don't actually do heroin. Back to the CAG. So it's 1951. 20-year-old James Dean. He gets real into this method, and he kind of says, like, fuck college. You know, uh, I did this Pepsi commercial. I'm doing these 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 James Whitmore classes. Fuck this shit. I don't even need to be at UCLA, UCLA anymore. And uh, he's out. He drops out of college, just like I did when I was 20 years old. Move out here. He was already out of here, but, yeah. you know, same <laughs> shit. Let me give you a little bit of When Are We? Ah, When, when are, are We? 1951. We're talking a few years before Elvis. This was more like Nat King Cole, Tony Bennett, Rosemary Clooney, Perry Como, you know, shit like that. Basically like a holdover from the 40s, but uh, singing along to string music and kind of big band shit, you know. And the Korean War is raging right now. North Korea and China have actually taken Seoul this year. They control Seoul right now as in 1951. And a lot of disasters are happening as well. There's like a lot of weird shit going on. There's huge avalanches uh, in the Alps. They covered Italy, Austria, and Switzerland. Buried like 45,000 people in snow. 250 people die. It was this big thing, you know, in, in, in the news, in the newspapers. And then a big train derailed in New Jersey. Yeah, that killed like 85 people. They weren't putting up like modern day death numbers, but they were, they were trying. You know, they were doing their best. They're, they're doing know. what they could. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. This was before the the M16 was invented. Yeah, we didn't know. have as many tools. Exactly. But, you know, yeah, yeah. So you gotta respect the old ways. Right. Yeah. You gotta respect the classics. They weren't real like shooty around schools yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they walked so Columbine could run. <laughs> and they did. They did <laughs> run. They did run. Run. <laughs> Uh, best picture of the year, all about Eve, which I cannot wait to do that movie. That's gonna be a really great. Oh, I've seen that one actually. Yes, you have, <laughs> man. Yeah, that's. So... I've actually seen that one. <laughs> that's the year we're talking about. Cool. Love that movie. Uh, we were doing a lot of nuclear testing over there in the Marshall Islands, just like microwaving this little portion of the Earth. Mm -hmm. You know, just a lot. See what it does. Yeah, that had no uh, no effect. No, that never came. Nothing came of that. No, nope. you know, mm -hmm. absolutely not. I wonder. What do you think kind of creatures are over there, man? 
get real Joe Rogan for a bit. <laughs> uh, I I hope they're cute. I hope they're I so de- like so nuked out that they're yeah. just like cartoon characters. What if they're what if they're like? They're probably terrifying. They're probably horrifying. Absolutely. What yeah. if they're like impervious to nukes? Yeah. What if yeah. you can nuke these creatures and they don't give a shit? They're impervious to everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. These will take over the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They can't die. <laughs> We've nuked them into immortality. <laughs> We've mutated DNA so much. That's so metal, dude. That it's just... <laughs> <laughs> they're just gods. <laughs> they are our gods. <laughs> One day they'll evolve and rule the world. And we did that. So, this is also a uh, God. This episode's so weird, but I love it. <laughs> this was also a big time for sock hops. That thing I was mentioning earlier. <laughs> while while the Marshall Islands are just like mushroom clouds, like constantly, there's just kids in these sock hops. And basically, what it was, it was like I mean, they depicted this all over every movie, every TV show. It was this huge craze. But all it fucking was was all the schools were like, take off your shoes so you don't fuck up the gym floor, you know? Oh. And these kids were just taking off their shoes and dancing around on the gym floor. Oh. And they became sock hops, I see. Man. Good way to clean the floor, too. Yeah, Save exactly. on janitor budget. <laughs> the janitor says it the next day, and it's just sparkling. It's sparkling. You know? like, just yeah. kids sweat. <laughs> kids sweat in old, dirty socks. Yeah. Kids dancing around listening to Tchaikovsky or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just... Whatever the kids listen to in the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 1951. Sock hops, convertible Chevy Bel Airs, Nat King Cole, horned rim glasses, and uh, nuclear testing. Good. That's where we're at. That yeah. is, that's where we are when James Dean drops out of UCLA and says, I'm going to be an actor. Mm-hmm. And uh, remember that Pepsi commercial he did with his frat bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know. He's working at CBS lot. He did this Pepsi commercial. One of the producers of that commercial liked him a lot, of course. And he liked his look for this TV special he was doing called Hill Number One, A Story of Faith. And it was this on-screen interpretation of what might have happened between Jesus' followers in the three days following his crucifixion. Real fun TV stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the story <laughs> unfolds. In the context, it's like he tells this story, but it is with U.S. Army, a U.S. Army company stationed in Korea during the war. So it's this like religious based. You know how O Brother Where Art Thou was basically the Odyssey. This was a Korean War TV show about Jesus. About Jesus. Oh, I yeah, see. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, James Dean, he wanted James Dean for one of the soldiers uh-huh. in this Korean War TV show. Uh-huh. Uh, Korean War was putting out, they were putting out content, man. Really? You know what? As a matter of fact, just if you're, if whatever war is going on, you can, that's where you start as an actor, is playing, <laughs> playing soldiers in that war. Interesting. You know, yeah. it, this happened throughout all of time. Like the guys yeah. who didn't go to World War II were back here playing the soldiers in World War II in yeah. movies. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Same here. Like Korean War is a raging, and James Dean is like, I'm a soldier, you know, and he's, that's how you like get your, you could really get your start uh, playing a soldier in a, in a movie depicting whatever war you were in at the time. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I guess it's uh, stories all the time. Yeah. It happens to this day, man. Yeah. Iraq, a lot of actors got their start in yeah. movies about Iraq. Interesting. Know? Yeah. And uh, Black Hawk Down, uh, Tom Hardy, that was his first role. Really? Yeah. That and Band of Brothers about wow. World War II. 
Wow. Soldier roles, man. That's where yeah. I started. That's where a lot of guys start. Wow. I mean, I don't know what it is. It's like, we don't need uh, top-notch acting. Yeah. We just kind of need you to be soldier. It's got to look hard. Yeah, man. You got to be hot. Yeah, <laughs> you got to yeah, be real hot. Yeah. But we, yeah. Yeah. Are you a hard-looking naughty boy? Exactly, You can come man. be in this war movie. Dude, for real. Like, uh, the, the soldier shower scene. You know, that'll make a career right there. So he's filming this TV show, and... Where they're filming this shit is the Iverson Ranch that I've mentioned before, future home to Charlie Manson. This is the same place that Steve McQueen got his start. Uh, a lot of actors got their career started at this movie ranch, at the Iverson Ranch. But, you know, I'm just talking about like guys related to mm -hmm. film history, the history of film here. Like so far, we talk about Steve McQueen. James Dean was another guy who back in the day, he started doing stuff that they would film at that ranch. And it was this big, like, launch pad. Like, people were, if you got a gig there, you'd be working there, and a lot of other shit would be filming. So you'd be meeting people on other stuff, and there's producers hanging around. And, you know, it was just this real, like, hot spot to network, basically. That was kind of, he was a real networker. Good. He really yeah, knew cool. how to network, okay. man. Like, yeah. it, whatever job he was at, mm -hmm. you know, people were going to know him before he left. Right, yeah. Yeah. Probably the most valuable skill you can have in entertainment. Oh, it's to be like, honest, it's yeah. uh, it's and it's, it's far more important than being talented. Absolutely, you get down to absolutely, it. man. <laughs> it is all about how charming you can be. But he only had a few lines on this TV special. But this is kind of what like blew him up. Like okay. this, he I I looked and I looked and I looked. This thing, this special aired on Easter 1951, and his name got out there. And I don't know, I, I can't find anywhere if he signed with an agent or what. I don't even think he did, though. I don't even think he signed with an agent. I think he just did this Pepsi commercial, met the producer. Producer does a TV special. Uh, he goes and does this TV special. And then after the TV special, he's on the, or, you know, while he's filming, he's on the ranch meeting a bunch of other people. And he got three other roles from this TV special. And I don't think it was through agents or anything. I think that was just him networking. Wow. You know? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Very interesting, especially back in these days. You know, that's how a lot of guys move out here now. But you would think in, I don't know, in these days it just seems like you could get an agent so fast, you know. But, I don't know, it's hard, man. It's fucking hard getting an agent out here. There's no doubt about it. It's... It's weird. The things that you can do out here and still not have an agent. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, he does this movie. He's working at the CBS lot, and he gets these three movies in a row right afterwards. You know, he plays uh, another Korean War movie. He plays a soldier. It was called Fixed Bayonets. And uh, then he plays a boxing corner man for a movie called Sailor Beware with Martin and Lewis. Remember I was talking about Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis? That was how Dean Martin got famous. They got put together by a mobster at that mm -hmm. nightclub. Everybody go listen to the uh, Ocean's Eleven oh, episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, please go listen to Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. It's a good episode. <laughs> it was the Rat Pack getting drunk in Vegas. What more do you want, people? It's a good episode. It's a good episode. And then he did another movie with Piper Laurie and Rock Hudson called Has Anyone Seen My Gal? <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone seen my gal? Uh, Rock Hudson later on had like a big beef with him. That was, and then it was a big, it was a big bad thing. But um, while he's doing all these movies, right after he did the first one, that Hill Number One, he's working at the CBS lot, 
and he meets this uh, this radio DJ named Rogers Brackett, a handsome thirty five year old radio director, huge radio guy, just like I mean, like one of the most famous radio guys in radio, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's basically he does he works for an advertising agency that puts on you know it was like the cheese channel on tv okay it was like the craft theater type of stuff mm-hmm. this would be like uh the pepsi hour and rogers brackett offers him some professional help and guidance you know and uh a place to stay mm-hmm. yeah come on and uh come on and sleep at my house little <laughs> jimmy you know little 20 year old jimmy mm-hmm. and he was handsome too dude rogers brackett was a good looking dude so we're talking about some hot dudes living together. Oh, you know? okay. Another, 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 another hot dude living situation. Another hot dude living situation is going on in Hollywood. And while he's living with Rogers Brackett, he's doing all these movies. He's doing these like mm-hmm. three big movies. You know, has anyone seen my gal? And uh, interesting. So he's doing movies, studying under James Whitmore, living at Rogers Brackett. He's just doing his fucking thing. You know, he's becoming like a real LA guy. Mm-hmm. And Rogers Brackett tells him that he's going to be producing a play in New York on Broadway called See the Jaguar. And you should be in it. Why not be on Broadway? <laughs> so uh, James Dean was like, yeah, sure. I'll do some Broadway. Why not? You know, I, I want to be an actor. Let's do it. Because back in those days, you could just do that. <laughs> I mean, you might, you know, I don't know. You choose the right couch in this town to sleep on, and you never know. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, I mean, it, that's that's uh, that seems kind of reasonable. Like he's he's already kind of making a name for himself for as sure. an actor and stuff. It's like I know Broadway is big time for theater, but it's like I just don't feel like it's that big of a stretch right. to be like if you're a good actor, you've already proven you're experienced. You know, you 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 are liked by the right people. Why not put you on Broadway? Yeah, that's very true. He was definitely becoming established, and clearly. You know, a hot commodity, you mm-hmm. know. And, uh, yeah, so he said, yeah. And they he went and did this show on Broadway. It was a pretty short-lived show. It was like a four-day run type mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, it was brought to you by Philip Morris Cigarettes and Shinley Whiskey. And those were some of the ads on the Playbill. I actually, I looked up the Playbill. It was really that's, cool. That's funny. <laughs> they also yeah. had, they had Gilby's London Gin as an ad. And they had a warning on the Playbill that said, if an air raid alarm goes off during the show, stay seated. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. That's funny. Uh, I guess that's like a little bit of an idea of where we were at with like the Red Scare and all that shit. Yeah. Know, that we constantly thought we were about to be nuked. Yeah. But we were actually just nuking Marshall Island. Yeah, 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 yeah. They it's weren't nuking us. Creating X-Men over yeah. at Marshall Island. <laughs> <laughs> creating indestructible <laughs> nuclear creatures. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but what was not on the bill? I don't know what the fuck this play was about. I, I can't find it anywhere. It was called "See the Jaguar." I think it was something like in the jungle. I think they were all like hot, sweaty jungle people. It was kind of like Tarzan, like okay, that, that that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And uh, James Dean played Wally Wilkins, and just he made a huge splash. This was like a big impression on people. He definitely had that thing. I mean, you got to give it to him, like. Every time he would do a gig, people were just blown away by him. It was just like yeah. this star power, you know. Cool. I mean, he really did have it. And uh, after the play, it went well. It was a short run, but he got a lot of good reviews. He made a big splash. And after the play, Rogers thought he brought James onto his short-lived radio drama called Alias John Doe. 
So now Jimmy's kind of like spending a lot of time in New York at this point. You know, mm-hmm. he's living at uh, Rogers Brackett's house in New York at this point. And he's just, he's there. He's doing radio. He was doing Broadway for like a week or whatever. And uh, James Whitmore and Rogers Brackett said, you should just move to New York. Like, come on out here, do the Broadway thing. You know, you just did a play. It went well. Mm-hmm. Try to do that again. You know, let's yeah. do a Broadway thing. And he was already, I mean, he studied Shakespeare. He studied... Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. His heart belongs to the theater. His heart belongs to the theater. And uh, so he well, did. Question, what, what, what could you make more money at at this time? Doing TV or doing theater? It probably was about the same, depending on what kind of level you could get to. Okay. You know? But if you were like... Because he was also booking pretty consistent TV work, so it's yeah. not like he needed needed the work. Do you think it was just the interest in doing theater? For sure. I think he was a theater guy. Yeah, you know? okay. I think he really did, especially he studied under James Whitmore for so long. I think he just fancied himself like... A Broadway guy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this was a big thing back in these days, too. We talk about this all the time on this show. But there was a very distinct line with theater and camera work. Mm -hmm. And theater was still, by a lot of people, like the the more refined, you know, like the real actors were doing theater. And the Mm -hmm. schlocky actors were doing... TV. I film, see. Yeah, yeah. Know. So it was kind of a, even if it wasn't a money bump, it was a prestige bump. Right. Yeah. It was like, yeah, he's he, he this man was on Broadway. Exactly. Yeah, I see. Yeah, especially for um, a guy like him. Right. Know, so fucked up in the head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he needed the theater. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he went and became a uh, a New York boy. And that is where we'll pick back up in part three. Oh wow. Okay, yeah. really. Oh. So okay, so let me ask you this question. Mm. Obviously, it helped that he was roommates with that one guy who was getting all those TV gigs. Do you feel like that was a prerequisite, or do you feel like because he was the kind of guy who was clearly already down for for roommate foolery, right? Uh, <laughs> so to him, that was probably like a win, 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 win. Yeah. But do you feel like that was what predicated his success, or do you think that he would have still had a trajectory had he been like, you know what, I like my studio apartment? Yeah, I hate to say it. I do not think he would have gotten where he went. Really? I don't. That's too bad. I know. I just, during this time period, being so young from Indiana, you Mm. know, I mean, it just, I don't think he would have, man. I don't. And uh, that goes for a lot of, you know. Well, because, I mean, that's just disheartening to hear because, again, like, he was probably super down. He was like, oh, I already love banging my roommates. And now you're telling me I can also get work out of banging my roommates? It wasn't like a Harvey Weinstein. He was a hot young dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it's like, it is still like that. Yeah. It's, you know, even if you're not about it, you know what I mean? Like, you can definitely get farther in this town if you're willing to uh, roommate with the right people. Yeah. uh, Which is unfortunate because that shouldn't be a prerequisite. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely still a thing. And you can get burned bad by it, too. I mean, you take a gamble. Like, he could have. You know, um, hooked up with this guy, and nothing could have ever come from yeah. it, too. You know, that yeah, happens yeah. a lot of times as well. Yeah. But the casting couch was, uh, uh, it was on fire at this point. <laughs> like, if you talk about if the couch was warm, at this point, it was a blazing. Wow. You know, everybody was doing There's a lot of stuff that came out in James Dean, about James Dean. And this was, you know, we're talking anywhere from the 60s to the fucking, like, 90s, where people would say, like, they slept their way to the top. Mm-hmm. And it was like, but at that time, that's that was kind of 
yeah, that was what they were doing. You know, yeah. I mean, it was uh, it was rampant in town. Like like yeah. you said, if you could make it without doing that, if you were or if your dad was somebody mm. or you were rich or you know, I don't know. And then I'm sure some people just got through the old legit way, you know. But for the most part, that's not how it was going down. Yeah, definitely not. It's too bad. I know. But it worked out for him. Yeah, worked out for him. Uh, well, until it didn't. Yeah, you know. well, you know. And uh, that's what we'll talk about in part three. <laughs> We're going to tell you about how it worked out for him really well for a while. Uh, I'm going to tell you about him becoming this gigantic movie star. Worked all out a little while. too well. Yeah, worked out a little too well. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, spoiler alert, this ends with him dying. Yeah. Uh, in, a, uh, in, a big, in a big fiery car crash. Which apparently there's some mystery about. Yeah, there's Ooh. some mystery afoot. Well, fascinating. Well, I yeah. can't wait to learn more about that. But in the meantime, if you'd like to learn more about me, yeah. you can find me on Instagram at Drake Cummings, on Twitter at Drake underscore Cummings, on TikTok at Hollywood Drake. My TikTok is doing well. Thank you guys. Oh, yeah. Go, go help support. It's, it's turning out real good. Uh, and then um, I did a short, uh, comedic short that I wrote and acted in that I'm super proud of. Uh, it's called Nothing Personal. It's on my YouTube, just at Drake Cummings. It's also on my Instagram under my IGTV. Go check it out. Let me know what you think. I'm very proud of it. I've gotten great reviews um, and then you can check out my merch line at Rage20smerch.com a clothing line inspired by the 1920s merging with the 2020s yeah, is. and then uh, you can find Dev at Sailor Dev on Instagram Sailor uh, Dev. you can find his stuff at Abracadabra Films yeah. on all the social stuff and um, uh, I believe those are all the pluggables for the side of the table. Yeah, and you can find them on like a, a black site somewhere. Yeah. You know? yeah. Actually, yeah, if you do site. find him, let us know yeah, let where us he know. is. Yeah. yeah. We would like to know that <laughs> we he's would okay. Like, we would like know? to find him, yeah. Yeah, last week, like I said, the magazine cutouts are getting scared. Yeah, 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 yeah. For all we know, he's on the couch with some producer right now, <laughs> just rooming for board, you know? <laughs> Boarding for room. <laughs> And you can find us at Film History, the history of film, all over the socials, FHHF Podcast on Twitter. You can find me at Jimmy Deloy or James Wyatt Scott, depending on where you're looking. And you can also find me sleeping on Roger Brackett's couch, <laughs> lobbying for that role on Broadway, baby. That's been The Quiet Dirt, and we are Film History, <laughs> the, the history of film. You know what I'm talking about!